In the Gospel of John's account of the resurrection, it tells us that Mary Magdalene uh, went to the tomb. And it says this, while it was still dark, and she found it empty, while it was still dark. And, you know, this year has been a difficult year, a challenging year for many of you particularly. Um, And it might be that you come to this resurrection morning and it still feels dark. You know Jesus is risen, but you're also feeling the darkness of not having seen loved ones for a long time. Maybe some of you have lost your job. Maybe uh, it's been difficult uh, doing uh, online teaching with the kids or or teaching them at, at home and so on. And it's been difficult. It feels still at times that it is still dark. And yet, and yet, my friends, the tomb is empty. The tomb is empty, and that is where all our hope lies for everything. Not just for getting through COVID, but for everlasting life. That's where our hope rests. And Mary Magdalene, when she saw the tomb was empty and she let the disciples know, then she went, she's, she's not now only sad, but she's confused what has happened. And she mistakes the risen Jesus for a gardener. <clears throat> it's significant, you know, that the tomb is in a garden and Jesus is mistaken for a gardener. Because in the biblical narrative, it was in a garden, the Garden of Eden, where death, where sin and death first came into our world. And so it is fitting that it is in another garden where life breaks through death and new creation begins. I was sharing on Good Friday about when Jesus said a grain of wheat needing to fall to the ground and die so it doesn't remain alone but it produces many seeds what we see on resurrection morning you see the the tomb was a womb and the new creation was being born on that first resurrection morning we are seeing the beginnings of the many seeds the fruit bearing plants that are his people the sons of his kingdom and you know it says in the book of hebrews that it was for the joy that was set before him that Jesus endured the cross. It was the joy of seeing this new creation burst forth. God's new creation, his new world, what he calls, what Jesus called the kingdom of God, is like a garden growing in our world. And it's not a walled garden. Just like the, the seed had to fall to the ground and die. So we are rooted in that self-giving love, sacrificial love that Jesus uh, displayed for us on the cross. So when we come into the new world, the resurrection garden, it's not a walled garden. We can bring our walls down. It's not an enclosed garden. It's not a garden shut off from the rest of the world. Because the way God's new creation works is it's actually, it's actually birthed and it grows in the wasteland of our world, in the brokenness of our world. It's not separated from it, it grows in it. The walls have come down. The walls began to come down actually at the cross. Because in Ephesians 2 verse 14, we're told that at the cross, the walls of hostility between people were broken down. Not only that... Uh, When Jesus was dying on the cross, the the, the, um, curtain in the temple was rent in two, showing that that which separated God from humanity was also torn down. And now, with the stone rolled away from the tomb, 
dead. Life is overcoming death. The walls are down, my friends, in this new creation garden. This garden doesn't grow as a walled garden, an enclosed garden, but like little patches of life and love growing up in the wilderness of our world. Sometimes big patches, like a little oasis in the desert. Other times just little tiny shoots growing through the hard ground. You all in this church family, I know, are involved in this. You are involved in this new creation, this growing of this garden in the wasteland of our world. For some of you, you're in a school where kids, many of them come from broken and dysfunctional backgrounds, but you're just treating them with love and giving them hope, treating them with inestimable value as those created in the image of God. Some of you in your office or your factory floor or your ward or your or, or your, I know, your classroom or whatever, where you're putting people and relationships before process and procedures and targets and data. That's the kingdom of God. That's the garden growing. In that hospital ward where frightened and uh, people facing debilitating sickness are treated with love and tenderness and respect. There's a patch of light and love right there. The person facing a frightening, debilitating sickness, and they're prayed for, and they get healed supernaturally, miraculously. There's the kingdom of God. Or that person we pray for who's not healed straight away. But we don't just come up with nice, pat, simplistic answers and walk away slightly embarrassed, but we stick with them, and we support them, and we keep praying with them all the way through. But a couple of you, you're in that corner shop, where people just come not, don't just come to pick up their groceries, but they come to share their hurts and their fears and their gripes. <laughs> and they're met with kindness and encouragement and cheerfulness. There's the garden of God growing right there. When we hear of a family who are without food and the children only has the clothes they stand up in and we put a shout out on WhatsApp or whatever and suddenly the Jubilee Centre is inundated with bags of food and clothes and toys and stuff. There's the kingdom of God. There's the garden. There's the new creation growing on our world, in our world. When an elderly man and woman who is slowly dying of loneliness in their own home is visited and not only visited but valued and listened to and supported and loved there's the kingdom of God when a confused and sad teenager losing his way before he's even found it is told he can have a personal relationship with this king who died on a cross for him kneels one cold December night in his bedroom and quietly makes a decision to follow that Jesus there's the garden of God growing and a young man who's fled dangers of his war-torn homeland and is often met just with suspicion and hostility finds a community who welcome him and embrace him and give him a home and love and acceptance there is the kingdom of God and all my friends listen to this one when a group of Jesus followers determined to build real honest committed relationships and community with one another not running away when it gets difficult 
or, or, or they don't get your own way, not giving way to criticism and gossip and backbiting, but committing ourselves to determine to do the hard work of building relationships and loving one another well. There, a garden, a patch of a garden is growing in the wilderness of our world. And I tell you, there's nothing more than people are looking for than authentic community. Folks, this new creation garden is growing in our world. If you read a book I recommended called A Creative Minority, you would have read of a wonderful uh, illustration of this. It's a story of a guy called Ernest Gordon, who was a prisoner in a Japanese prisoner of war camp in the Second World War. And um, he tells that this is a place where people were regularly beaten, tortured both physically and psychologically, sometimes killed. That was a wasteland, a wilderness. And one day, the prisoners of war were all lined up and a shovel had gone missing when they'd counted them all back in. And so the guards were shouting out, you tell us who's taken the shovel, who's taken the shovel? Nobody stepped forward, screaming at them, who's taken the shovel? I will begin to kill you one by one, unless you admit who took the shovel. Finally, one man just quietly steps forward. I took the shovel. He's then beaten to death in front of his fellow prisoners. Turns out, just a little while later, they realized there was no shovel missing. The guard had made a mistake in counting them. But this man had laid down his life for his friends, and they recalled what Jesus had said. Greater love had no man than this, that a man that he laid down his life for his friends. As a result of that example, the prisoners, something changed in the culture of the camp. And the prisoners started a school, a university, if you like, of education. They, they made musical instruments or whatever they could find. And they, 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 do, they uh, formed an orchestra and they played beautiful music. They, they, they had art classes. Suddenly everything changed because of the example of this man. And Ernest Gordon wrote this. Just please listen to this. He says, death was still with us, so it was in the old broken world. No doubt about that. But we were slowly being freed from its destructive grip. We were seeing for ourselves the sharp contrast between the forces that made for life and death. Selfishness, hatred, envy, jealousy, greed, self-indulgence, laziness and pride were anti-life. But love, heroism, self-sacrifice, sympathy, mercy, integrity and creative faith, on the other hand, were the essence of life. Turning mere existence into living in its truest sense. A garden was growing in the midst of that world, that broken world. These were the gifts of God to men. Yes, there was hatred, but there was also love. There was death, but there was also life. God had not left us. He was with us, calling us to live the divine life of fellowship. That's written about in a book by Philip Yancey called Rumors of Another World. And he finished telling that story, but with these words. Perhaps something like this was what Jesus had in mind when he turned again and again to his favorite topic, the kingdom of God. In the soil of this violent, disordered world, an alternative community may take root. It lives in hope of a day of liberation. In the meantime, it aligns itself with another world, not just spreading rumors, but planting settlements in advance of that coming rain. 
planting settlements in advance of the coming kingdom of God. Yes, there's going to come a day when Jesus will return and make all things new and the garden will fill the whole earth. But right now, we get to be a part of growing something of that garden, settlements of that kingdom garden right now. And it's very different from this world because it's rooted in in the sacrificial love of Jesus. In fact, interestingly, it wasn't the power of the resurrection that proved to the Roman centurion that Jesus was the Son of God. It was watching him die on a cross. The servant king, that's what convinced him to say, surely this man was the Son of God. So, the resurrection, folks, I invite you to celebrate the resurrection, not only as the resurrection of Jesus proving that he is Lord, that he is the Son of God, but the beginnings of a new creation that we get to be a part of growing. One writer has called that kingdom garden, the growing of that kingdom garden, as a divine conspiracy. Conspiracy is not a great word at the moment. And I would discourage you from being involved in any conspiracy theory. Conspiracies really, a lot of the conspiracy theories that are about seriously are like the children's game of I know something you don't know. It's just a childish children's game. But even though it might seem daft, it actually become, can become dangerous and destructive. So please don't ever get involved in those kinds of conspiracy theories, even those that purport to be Christian But there is a conspiracy that we are all involved in, a divine conspiracy, a conspiracy of love. It's the seed growing secretly, the garden of God growing in the wasteland of our world, a quiet revolution of love. And we are all part of it. And so, my friends, I encourage you this morning. Yes, we celebrate. Jesus is risen from the dead and he is Lord. But we celebrate also that on that resurrection morning, a new world was born. A new creation God and born into the wasteland of our world. And we get to be a part of helping it grow. Let's pray. Jesus, you are risen from the dead and you are Lord. We gladly bow the knee. We declare that Jesus, the one who came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You are the one we gladly worship. And Jesus, we just thank you that that life which began in that first resurrection morning is at work within us and through us into our world. Help us, Lord Jesus, to keep following you with our roots down in your love and living in this world with our walls down as we share the life and love and grace and truth and blessing of your life with others. In Jesus' name, amen.